Try it together. Ave ote otokos. Ave o mater dei. Ave, ave Maria. Ave, ave I want to start with a um, little episode that happened in Medjugorje very privately, but that will show you the type of love that Our Lady wanted to implant in our hearts. As I told you, not human love, rather divine love. And divine love is something. So what happened is we have a friend called Kathleen, and she lived in the house of Maria for seven years, actually in the same room. They had the same bedroom. Maria, when her sitter went away from home, and she had an empty bed, and Kathleen took the place of the sister. And for seven years, Kathleen witnessed the life of Maria, each apparition, each message, each episode, each event <coughs> of the family in Biakovici. So one night, they were sleeping, and around two in the morning, uh, Kathleen heard Maria get up. And she opened an eye, and then she, she realized that actually Maria was getting dressed at two in the morning. Then she said, Maria, what are you doing? Why are you getting dressed? No answer. Maria continued to pick up her dress, uh, clothes, and then she asked again, Maria, why are you getting dressed? You are going out? What are you doing? No answer. And then Kathleen was really puzzled and said, Maria, I mean, if, if you go somewhere in the middle of the night, there's something weird. What, what are you doing, for God's sake? And she said, Veronica is in trouble. She's not well. I have the feeling that she's not well. But uh, she said, well, how do you know Veronica was with us last night? And they were all members of the same prayer group, you know. Maria, Kathleen, Veronica. And so how do you know? Because Veronica was perfectly all right last night when we had dinner together. And you had not received any telephone call from her. How do you know that she's not well? And the answer was, love knows. And Kathleen said, okay, I'm going, I'm going with you. And as Kathleen well was getting dressed, somebody knocked at the door, at the, uh, not at the, at the door, but at the window of the room. And, uh, and it was another member of the prayer group, Jellico, and he said, he called Maria, 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 come, come with me. I have the feeling that Veronica is not well. Let's go together. So the two girls went with him. And on the way to the house of Veronica, at 2 in the morning, or 2.15 or 2.30 in the morning, other members of the group were there. 
going to her. They finally, many of the group gathered around her. She was not well at all. She was really in a difficult time, very sick. And she did need help. How did they know? There was no mobile phone at those, in those days, you know. Love knows. That's the love that Our Lady wants us to have in our families, in our prayer groups, in our parishes, and in the church in general, and finally, in the whole world. Divine love. When we are so um, unloaded from our own miserable interest and selfishness that we are all willing to listen to the Holy Spirit and to the angels, because who warned her? The garden angels, maybe, or a saint of who knows. But you know, when you have these antennas of the heart, aware, alert, then you live that love that God dreams for us to have between ourselves. So this is the type of love. Now, I want to um, get to a message that Ali gave recently on October 2nd, 2009. Now you better fasten your seat belt because it's a very tough message. And Ali is, I mean, is very strong there. Dear children, as I look at you, my heart is seizes with pain. My heart seizes with pain. Where are you going, my children? Have you sunk so deeply into sin that you do not know how to stop yourselves? You justify yourselves with sin and you live according to sin. Kneel down beneath the cross and look at my son. He conquered sin and died so that you, my children, may live. Permit me to help you not to die, but to live with my son forever. Thank you. I told you, it's something. It's a matter of life and death, and not death of the body in this earth, eternal death. Don't be mistaken. Eternal death. Jesus conquered sin and died so that we may live and not die. We, we will die. We'll all die from this earth with this body. We all die anyway. But that's not the, the point. She doesn't want to die for, for always, to die the, the second death. She wants us to live forever with her son Jesus in heaven. So I want to tell you um, about a meeting that I had in Rome recently with one of the greatest stars in Italy. Um, she's called Claudia Cole, and she's a famous actress. Now, Claudia was born in a very Catholic family and uh, very devoted, but for some reason her parents could not raise her, so she was entrusted to her grandmother. The grandmother being a little blind, she was really with this little girl very happy to have somebody to, to be her eyes, so to speak, you know. And this little grandmother would pray the rosary, would be very close to Jesus and Mary. 
and she taught the little girl how to pray the rosary, how to be close to Jesus, how to pray. And, um, but uh, for some reason, you know, a grandmother is not enough to uh, raise a little girl. And when she became an adolescent, since she was extremely beautiful, with the friends, they kind of um, went away from the church. They were attracted by the worldly things. And her dream became to be a big star, you know, an actress, a model. And she would start, you know, um, understanding that from her body she could obtain everything. So to make a long story short, she went deep into sin. And she did um, accept some um, contracts for movies that were not very um, from the Lord, erotic movies, and where she definitely uh, was an instrument of the other one. She put many people into sin with that, and she went very, very low. She always had um, a quest, uh, a search from the truth, for um, honesty, for love. But she learned many messages from the world that love could be obtained through her body. So because of that, she went the wrong way. And she became extremely rich. And she would spend her money like this, a new car, a new trip, a new house, a new thing. A new, and she would be like a queen and go everywhere. But deep down, she was not happy. And she was searching. There's something missing. What is it? What is it? And then she went into a new age stuff, new age music, new age philosophy. She went to a, a medita um, transcendental meditation and uh, also into Reiki and uh, Reiki music and wrong music and things. At any rate, uh, she uh, really touched things that are not from God and very dangerous spiritually. So I don't want to explain all the issues of that because my point is that she, um, one day she was in her house in, uh, in Rome and uh, as she was listening to this music and doing some Reiki and, sorry, she was doing some uh, medital, me, MT, okay, MT, meditation, transcendental meditation, um, she felt a very strong presence in the room. And uh, the presence was so obvious and so tangible, though she didn't see anything, that she, she felt kind of weird. And she did hear a voice saying, you have to eat. And she said, no, I'm not meant to hate. I'm created to love. And she surprised herself for such an answer, you know. And then when she said, I am created to love, she found that somebody was grabbing her feet and she knew. Yes, but the, the person introduced himself or herself, whatever. I'm death. I'm the death. Okay? And she was grabbed by the feet and she felt that death coming. And she knew it was coming up and up, the legs, the knees, the thighs, the thing, and she knew 
that when the heart would be touched, she would really be dead. So she got scared to death. She got absolutely into a panic. And uh, she was alone. She couldn't ask for any help. And anyway, it was kind of a spiritual thing. She was all the more distressed because she couldn't figure out what was happening, you know. But the presence was definitely a very negative presence. And as she, the thing was coming up, you know, she remembered her grandmother and the prayers and the rosary. And she cried out, Our Father! heart and she prayed and she said I don't know I remember the word but I pray the whole our father and then she grabbed somebody like two or three weeks before had given her a cross uh, actually a crucifix she had left a crucifix for many years you know she didn't care for care for Jesus anymore for many years somebody had dropped that crucifix God knows why she saw the crucifix she grabbed the crucifix she hold it tight and then a great peace came to her heart. And the bad presence left. And then she understood that the Father, the Heavenly Father, saved her life. And then she started having a relationship with the Father, you know, and with the cross, Jesus on the cross. And slowly, slowly, because she wouldn't go to church yet. You know, it has a, been a process for her to recover from that bad life, sinful life. She slowly, slowly, with the cross and with the, our Father, got back to the faith. She knew that God existed. She knew that Jesus was the Savior. She knew that the Father loved her. And she felt embarrassed because of her very sinful life how could he still love her and care for her? So she was really humbled, you know. And uh, she completely changed her life. And she had such a love for the father who saved her life that um, she wanted to, to um, shift her job of being an actress to continue to be an actress, but for the glory of the father, you know. So she accepted other roles and she made up other roles to glorify God. And she, she was very um, touched by the poverty of people. She was opened in her heart to, uh, it was so rich before, but she would spend everything like without any wisdom, you know. And uh, she accepted to become poor, to depend entirely on divine providence. And uh, she created an organization to, um, which is called the works of the father to take care of giving food to the, some poor children and especially in Africa and to train the young people who are wandering like her because what missed, what lacked for her when she was an adolescent? A direction, somebody who tell her why she was on earth and what was the direction of her life. You know, the grandmother was not enough repeating rosaries, we know. And when you are 15, it's not enough, you know. And when you have so many friends, and she was so pretty, she was attractive, and you can guess all the rest, you know. So she went into all the traps, all the snares that the devil could put in an, uh, a person that is an adolescent without any frame, any direction, any protection. She got all of them, you know. She did all. 
and the father saved her because she had to always search true love. She, she, she searched in the wrong ways, you know, as Ravi said, many young people um, are seeking happiness in the wrong place, you know. So that's what she did. But now she's a beautiful witness of God's love, and she's often, because she has all this gift and skill for, you know, speaking and being present uh, in the screen and the movies and things, and it's all for the glory of God. So her life was completely twisted. And I have this beautiful testimony of her. I don't want to get into all the details, but you can find that also in the internet. Her, no, her name is Claudia Cole. She went often to the States. She was making movies all over you know, the world, and she would travel all the world, and a beautiful testimony. Now, this testimony illustrates so well this message. You know, Where are you going, my children? Are you so, have you sunk so deeply into sin that you do not know how to stop yourself? You justify yourself with sin and live according to sin. So Our Lady, of course, was very strong for the members of this prayer group about evil, about sin, about impurity. And she said, don't you start your prayer if you have any sin that you have not repented from. Don't you join the prayer group if you are into sin. Before anything, get rid of sin. Get rid of sin. Don't keep anything. Purify your heart. There is this message. Okay, it's in Italian. I will make it in... in uh, when you commit a sin, your conscience is darkened. Then, in, in yourself comes the, 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 the fear of God and, and the fear of me. I mean, you are afraid of God and you are afraid of me. And the more you get uh, uh, far into sin, the more your, 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 your fear is growing. And then you get further and further from God and from me. Instead, dear children, it's enough that you repent from the bottom of your heart for having offended God. And it's enough that you decide to not repeat the same thing in the future. And you have already obtained the grace of the reconciliation with God. So she sees us when we are in sin, that just don't be afraid. Because the more you add sin without repenting, the more that, that you're afraid of God and you get far from him. And you don't want him because it will be the one who said, don't sin anymore. So you, you don't want to look at him and you get far, far. And then you get into the hands of the enemy. And she says, dear children, you put yourself in the hands of Satan without reflecting. You're not aware in which hand you are putting yourself with the sin. So many of you already know this beautiful event that took place um, in the very first month of the apparitions in Medjugorje in the early 80s. 
Our Lady appeared in a field. It was after the communists had blocked the access of the mountain. So she appeared in a field near Yaakov's house. Yaakov is one of the visionaries. And she had the, three, the six visionaries and behind the parishioners, the, the, the peasants of the, the locals. And that night she said, it was 10 in the evening, she said, today everybody here present will be able to touch me. And they said, well, mother, they won't be able to touch you because they can't see you. She said, doesn't matter. You bring them to me one by one. You take them by the hand. Then they will be able to touch me. And they did so. So one by one was brought. They were brought to Our Lady, and they could feel her head, her veil, her shoulder, her hand. It was a beautiful experience. I know some of them were part of this event. Beautiful experience, very, very heavenly experience. Can you imagine yourself in this position? You don't see her, but you can touch her. You, you know that she's, there's somebody there, you know. Beautiful. But after a while, they saw some stains appear on the dress of Our Lady. And her dress became really dirty. So they, they shouted, Mother, what's happening? Your dress has become dirty. And now don't miss the answer. She said, it is the sins of those touching me. So they cried, don't touch Our Lady anymore. You're putting uh, stain on her robe. Back up. So they backed up. And then Our Lady gave that beautiful teaching about confession. She said, dear children, go purify your hearts from sin. I invite you, dear children, to monthly confession. Because there is no one on earth who would not need a monthly confession. Dear children, the monthly confession will be a remedy for the church in the West. And then she gave us a job. She said, and I am asking you, dear children, to convey this message into the entire world. So you have a job now. You have a job to live this message with all the sincerity of heart and to spread it because it's salvation. Look, this, this Claudia Cole, of course she went to confession and she was a new person. Of course Our Lady has everything she asks from the prayer group and for us, from us also is to do everything out of love from the heart. So what is it to go to confession from the heart? She said, go, go to confession with all your heart. It means with, um, with spirit of repentance. Of, if you prefer this beautiful word, with real deep contrition. Contrition is a, is a beautiful gift from God because it means that you have a sorrow, you have a pain, in your, your heart is aching because you hurt somebody you loved. You see? And if you don't love that person you hurt, you don't ache. You might be sorry in a polite way, superficial way. You're sorry, of course. You don't want to hurt anyone. But if you love that person, you ache. And Our Lady says, Go to confession from the heart. 
So she invites us to, to really have this repentance. But if you don't love Jesus, how can you really have repentance? How can you be sorry to do anything that is contrary to his commandments, to his wish, to his, to his will, if you don't love him? So how shall we love Jesus? I remember a beautiful episode that took place also in the first um, years of the apparition. It happened to Witzka. And Witzka um, told me that on Good Friday 82, Our Lady appears, appeared to them, and she said, Today, dear children, I have come with my son Jesus so that you may see how much he loves you and how he has suffered for you. And as it was Good Friday, Jesus, Vitska told me that Jesus came as an adult, but during his passion. So he was wearing that red mantle that the King Herod had put on him just to make fun of him, of his kingship. Then he was also wearing the crown of thorns and uh, the visionary could see the blood you know, flowing on, on his face. They could see the marks of the spit. They could see the mud. They could see all, you know, the face was all swollen with the hits he had received during the night. And all this mess, you know, on his face. Um, it was a very, very painful, sorrowful vision. So I asked Vizka, did also Jesus speak to you? She said, no. Jesus kept quiet, said nothing. But I looked into his eyes, and there I found so much tenderness. I found such a humility, a meekness, such a love, that it was much more powerful that, than if he had spoken any word to us. And she said, it's a beautiful Smile, she said, you know, I will never, ever forget the eyes of Jesus during his passion. While he was suffering so much, the love he still had for us. You know, Catherine of Siena said, they are not the nails that maintained Jesus on the cross. He could have called many, many angels. It's actually his love for us. That kept him on the cross. So I guess Witzka, on that day, saw her love for Jesus increased a lot. But we are not visionaries, and to tell you the truth, we don't need to be a visionary. We don't need apparitions of Jesus to love him. Look, little flower, she died at 24, and how much, she was, she was mad of Jesus. She was like crazy for Jesus. She, was, she would do anything for Jesus. She was in love with Jesus as rarely a person was in love with someone. She would never refuse anything to Jesus. Can you imagine that? She said so. She never saw him. Never had an apparition of Jesus. Never. Because actually, it is the Holy Spirit who formed in our hearts, in our soul, the divine love. It is the Holy Spirit of love, who is love himself, that forms in us, gives to our hearts this divine love. Our Lady did give us a key for that. 
She said, dear children, take into your hands the cross of my son Jesus. Those who have a cross can take one. So take the cross into your hands. Adore my son. She said, venerate his wounds. And ask Jesus to heal you from your wounds. The wounds that you receive because of your own sins. And the wounds that you receive because of the sins of your parents. Ask Jesus to heal you. And if we do that, our love for Jesus will increase. Because we'll see how much he has suffered for us. And we stand, as Auli says, kneel down beneath the cross and look at my son. That's the key she gives us against sin. To look at Jesus paying the bill of our sins. Because it's not only the Jews and the Romans of the time who have crucified Jesus. It's each one of us with our sins. The Romans and the Jews were just instruments who happened to be there in those days. But my sins have crucified Jesus. So when I see the results of my sin, I can't not love him. Because he's suffering out of love for me. To give me the salvation I need. To bring me back to the Father. And he said himself to many mystics, and all mystics knew, know that, that the best way to have the divine love in our heart to love God is to look at Jesus in his passion. Because then we stand before the open heart of Jesus, like Mary, John, and Mary of Magdala. And from this open heart flows the healing. From this open heart flows the Holy Spirit, all the graces, the forgiveness, the peace, the healing, from his wounds we are healed, said prophet Isaiah. We stand before perfect love giving itself to the last drop of blood. And we are not only showered with love, but we are fed with love. We are nurtured with love. We are filled with love because we are open to love. And if you do that, take time to look at Jesus beneath the cross. This is our the last message, the latest one. Just kneel down before the cross and look at Jesus. And you don't need to speak to him. You can speak to him, but you don't need. Just look at him and let him look at you. You know. There's a beautiful episode told by Martha Robin on the way of the cross, you know, when when the Jews and the soldiers actually called um, this man Simeon of Siren to help Jesus carry the cross, this guy was actually a gardener and he came back with all his tools and his sons from gardening to a big villa out of Jerusalem. He was tired, his work was over, happy to get home, and he was hooked by the soldier to help Jesus. He was very, very angry. The last thing he wanted to do, and he had to do this because, I mean, the Romans were 
uh, ruling the country. There was no way out. So he came and he was so angry that the way he sees the, the beam that Jesus was carrying, he sees him with so much violence and anger that he hurt Jesus even more. And Jesus fell. And for some reason, because Jesus fell, couldn't carry the beam the same way, he fell too. And they were on the ground, face to face. And this man that was so angry, so rebellious, had the eyes of Jesus on him. And suddenly, he looked into these eyes, deep down, and just looked at him with so much love, with something that we cannot explain, that that love of Jesus went into his heart and changed the man. The man knew that this man was special. He was a pagan. He was not even a Jew. He was a pagan. But after that, he did help Jesus to, to carry the cross. He fell in love with Jesus. That look of Jesus in an extreme pain can you imagine in what state he had? He was in those days, you know, in, that, in those hours. After the skirting of the pillar, everything, everything, we cannot imagine the pain. But the look on this guy who is hurting him, so much love. So if you look at Jesus in the same way, you always find his eyes on you. Those eyes will never judge you. They will never condemn you. I have not come to condemn. I'm not come to judge. He's come to save us, to give his life for us. So when you prepare yourself for a good confession, you know, so you are, have you sunk so deeply into sin that you don't know how to stop yourself? So we are looking at Jesus. And then what happens? We fall in love with Jesus, with his beautiful heart, so loving. And then our conscience is enlightened and we understand from the heart how we hurt love, how we betrayed his love, how we pushed Jesus away from our, from our heart, how you make, we make him ache so badly. And we are sorry and we have that contrition come. We ache because he's aching for us. And we ache so bad that we run to the priest to go to confession and get rid of sin. Actually, we, even before we run to the priest, we have this forgiveness coming to us and peace comes. You know. So when we go to confession, don't also forget to take with you the Ten Commandments of God. I'm not getting now into the beautiful testimony of another very, very powerful witness of our days today is Gloria Polo. Many of you know her testimony is, for me, is the most beautiful testimony ever. The most useful and the more complete and the more fantastic testimony is somebody who died, came back to life, and tell what was after death. She said, I'm a good Catholic, but she was breaking all the commandments of God with a complete um, obscure, you know, really dark conscience. And when she got there, she said, I'm a good Catholic. Get me to heaven. And then if you're a good Catholic, tell the Ten Commandments. She had no clue. She had no clue. 
And then the angel, whoever was there, went one by one to the Ten Commandments, and she found out how she broke all of them, thinking that she was doing well. So, but you can also get that testimony. I have it here somewhere. Uh, you can also dispose on it during the retreat, but you can have her beautiful testimony out of the internet. Gloria Polo. She's from Colombia. And you can also invite her for a retreat. She would be fantastic. So she, she came back. God gave her a second chance. And she came back, and now she's completely changed. And she got the point. She got the point. But it's a matter of death, you know. She was seeing herself sinking into hell. And she cried out, Jesus, save me, give me another chance. But because of breaking all the commandments, you know. So when you go to confession, when you prepare your confession, take the Ten Commandments and make sure you're okay with each one of them. Don't leave one single commandment aside. Say, well, this, this one is not important. I can continue to lie as I did before, but I will be sure to be pure, to, to take care of my parents, to go to Mass every Sunday. But Lord, don't ask me not to lie. That's my habit, and I'm, I'm like that, and you have to take me as I am. And say, no, don't leave one single aside. Because then do we? One door is enough for the other one, the devil, to come into your heart to seduce you and to, 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 to trap you and to, to harm you very, very badly. So when you go to confession with this, with this uh, heart, humble, meek heart, in love with Jesus, your Savior, then you know what happened? Not only God forgives your sins, but he forgets. And this is a beautiful aspect of God that we don't talk about in so much, you know. It's very important. He forgets. If there is a true repentance, he forgets. So what happens is, one day, so just to give you an example, I love that, that example is, you know, in the time of St. Francis of Assisi, you had this beautiful saint, St. Anthony of Padova. You know him. If you don't know him, you <laughs> better know him. He's a fantastic saint. So what happened, he, um, you know, he had a a great charism with the preaching. Not only to find the lost uh, items, you know, but preaching. And he was so filled with the love of Jesus that he, when he would preach, every heart, even the most hardened heart, would blossom and open to God and be converted. So it was really something. So sure enough, one day he went to a city in Italy and there was this bad guy, you know, very hard, who was committing all the sins possible and who, who wouldn't repent, was picking bad of God and cursing and uh, laughing of God and things. So, but sure enough, when he heard the words of St. Anthony, his heart opened up and he received an extraordinary grace to understand the love of Jesus for him. The love of Jesus went to his heart, like, you know. And he was so overwhelmed that, I mean, he couldn't understand how Jesus could love him so much when he had hurt, hurt him so much with his sins. So he was overwhelmed. He started weeping and weeping and weeping, and he was so sorry, and he had that contrition. 
his heart started aching for the bad, you know, but also out of joy to be so loved by Jesus. So he decided to change his life, to follow Jesus, to be converted, and sure enough, to go to confession. So he went to confession to St. Anthony, and there he was weeping so much that he couldn't open his mouth, you know, couldn't say a word, he was sobbing. And so St. Anthony said to him, my friend, you know, I see that you cannot go to confession because you're weeping. So why don't you just go home, take a piece of paper, write down all your sins, come back to me. And he did so. So back to the confessional. Father read all the list of these horrible sins that he had committed all his life. And for each sin, the guys did that with the head. And when the list was completed, Father, as any other priest, would give him a little uh, lecture, a little encouragement, then give him the absolution and uh, some words of encouragement like a penance and something to do to a little payment. And then the guy was really um, at peace and happy and uh, went back home. He took his paper back, went back home. And when he arrived home, he had the good idea to burn that paper. You know, I understand why, you know. You, you. So he opened the paper and was shocked. It was blank. The whole thing became blank. There was nothing written anymore. The whole list of sin had gone, gone with the wind, gone into the sea, forgotten, disappeared. So he wept even more. He thought, oh, not only my sins are forgiven, but they are forgotten. They are, they are no more. They don't exist anymore. And what a relief. What a relief. You know, there is one gift that is always awaiting us at the exit of the confessional. And this gift is joy. Joy. Because, you know, when we sin, it is said in the letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Good for you. Not good for those who do not know, okay? But we should read the Bible every day. So the wages of, of sin is death, eternal death. So, and the gift of God is eternal life. This is in the Romans from St. Paul. So if the wages of sin is death, each time we sin, it's like a new injection of death within us. And we, if we never repent from death, if we never look at Jesus, if we are never sorry for our sins, then we pile up all these uh, layers of death and become, it became like impossible. And this is why we are in our generation who forgot about confession, forgot about uh, being sorry for the sin. We glorify the sin today, you know. We are so depressed. We are so desperate. And our world is running to what? Where are you going, my dear children? 
Where are you going? You are getting lost. This is the word of our mother from heaven who sees, especially in the West, where are we going? So when we go to confession, Jesus washes away our sins, whatever they are, if we repent, you know. And if we are sincere in our confession that we don't hide one, that's very important. So Jesus washes away all this junk, all this horrible thing, and we are clean. And we are light, because it's heavy to carry all these layers of death. You know, we become aggressive, sad, and now we are, wow, we are clean. We are new. We are restored. We are recreated. And we are recharged with the mercy of God, with the love of God, with the beauty of God. He restored our identity, our beauty. So this is a, such a joy, because we can breathe freely in the freedom of the peace of God. I remember little flower. She had this beautiful insight. I hope you all read the story of a soul. But she writes that one day I committed a sin. And right after I committed that sin, I received a great joy in my heart. And I thought reading that passage, that, oh, she's not well. How can a saint have joy after committing a sin? Something wrong there. So I continue my reading, and she says, right after being aware of that sin, I remember that word of Jesus in the gospel, when he says that there is more joy in heaven among the angels of God for one sinner who repents than for 99 just who do not need to repent. And I thought, oh, I am that one sinner. Let's go to Jesus immediately. So I went to Jesus, asked forgiveness, and the joy of the angels and the saints, the whole heavenly court was in joy for that sinner who repent, and I participated in the joy of their uh, heavenly joy. That's how she had joy right after sinning. That's a saint. And that's what Audi invites us to do. Don't keep any sin within you. Make sure you always repent from the sin. Get rid of sin. Get rid of sin. I remember that friend of mine from, well, a friend of mine, okay. And um, she's a beautiful woman. She's married with a beautiful man. Ten years she's been married with beautiful children. And everything is okay with them. They are very devoted. They work for the church a lot. And they are very devoted. And, and uh, she happens one day to meet a man. And right there, she got so attracted with, to that man that she was like invaded with this attraction. She could hardly resist. And again, she was a beautiful person. She was a model before. She was really an exceptionally beautiful person. And she knew women are like this, that the man was also attracted and having the same experience than her. So for her, she was like, because she was a good, a good believer, and she was very devoted to Jesus. So she said, oh my Lord, what's happening to me? And she was invaded with all those thoughts and feelings and desires and, 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 and imagination, and you can imagine all this stuff that came to her, and she was absolutely filled with that. And she had the good idea for years to follow Our Lady's messages and to go to confession once a month. So after like two, three weeks, it was her time to go to confession. 
And though she had not fallen into sin, actually she arranged a beautiful way. She said to her husband, I'm not sure she said to the husband the thing, but she said, no, I, I'm, you know, I need you. So when I go out, would you please come with me? So she would be protected. Smart. So she didn't, she didn't fell, she didn't fall into the adultery. And uh, so she went to confession, and though she had not sinned in that matter, she expressed to the priest, she put into the light, you know, sharing the priest all her thoughts, all her temptation, all her desire, all her kind of, you know, all that thing that she was carrying, and uh, so that she may be relieved from that burden, you know. And the priest listened, and she confessed the sins she actually did, the other sins. And the priest was very uh, understanding. And he gave her the holy absolution of all her sins. And she said, the minute he gave me the absolution, the whole thing went out of me. And I was there thinking, what is so special with that guy? It's really not special at all. How could I be attracted by such a guy? And the whole thing was gone. Gone, gone, gone. Finished. You see how Satan works. And she, if she had not been a devoted, if she had not been really deciding every month I go to confession, I don't want sin to, be get, to go, get hold of me. That was more, one more family destroyed. One more family destroyed. You see? So confession. Confession. There was um, a member of the uh, prayer group when Audi spoke about um, sin. She, she said, you know, I saw a little river of, a red river. And I saw huge black river, black colored river. And Audi explained to me that the red river was the sins that was confessed, that was forgiven, repented and confessed and forgiven. And that was a little, little uh, river. But there was a, that huge river of black water. It was all the sin that have never been so far confessed. And it was like huge. So, you know, there is um, today, not only among the young people, but among the, in the West, among all the society, there is a demon, and there are many demons. There is a demon that is particularly successful. He's so successful to get people into sin that it's enough to pronounce his name and the person is ready to sin heavily. You know the name of this demon? demon? His name is Everybody Does It. <laughs> You're hesitating. Shall I go there? Shall I not go? Shall I do that? Shall I not? And somebody whispers his name. Don't worry. Everybody does it. Oh, then I'm okay. Let's do it. Just think about it. It's a, such a big lie. First of all, not everybody does it. It's a lie. And second, Jesus didn't ask us, do as everybody else. He said, follow me. 
That's kind of different. So Our Lady is, um, is inviting all the prayer groups to be very strong. Because today we indulge into sin so easily. And we say, oh, don't worry, it's human. It's not human. It's satanic. The more you sin, the less you are human. Jesus was the perfect man, but he was stainless. Mary was the woman, the perfect woman. She was stainless. And the more you sin, the more you disfigure your humanity. So even those little expressions, oh, let it be, it's human. You know, you know the, the devil has so many little things like this. There was a woman in Medjugorje. She arrived in Medjugorje, and she was French, so she went to see me, and she was distraught. She said, you know, I'm, a, I'm married, I have a, my family in France. Somebody told me you should go to Medjugorje. It's a place of peace. There's a queen of peace appearing there, and um, should go. It's really an extraordinary place, and you'll get graces and things. And, and so I decided to go, but I'm very shocked to see that I was okay when I was at home, and the minute I put my feet in the ground of Medjugorje, I lost my peace. I completely lost my peace since I arrived. So what's wrong with me? What's wrong with this place, you know? And uh, speaking with her, she told me that she had a lover. And she found it absolutely normal. Betraying the husband, and uh, the, the kids knew that, and she had a kind of double life and things. Very bad. And um, she said, you know, when I, came to, when I put my feet on this ground, I felt uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. It's like Our Lady pushing me to renounce that lover, but I don't want, I love him, and he's important in my life. I'm not going to let go of my lover. I said, well, you have to choose whether you want to have your lover and no peace, and no lover and peace. Now you are, you are. I mean, Our Lady is speaking to your heart. I'm not going to let go of my lover, okay. So I'll pray for you. And then two days later, she said to me, well, I gave in. I renounced my lover. I want my peace back. Actually, you know, she had a fake peace. You see, she had the tranquility. She had the tranquility that Satan can give when you are deep in, in, in sin and you are okay. You're okay. You're not okay. You're not okay. And Our Lady, you know, very nicely made her lost her fake peace in order to give her the true peace of God, the true reconciliation with God. And so she renounced that lover. She uh, went back to her husband in fidelity, and she came back two years later. And she met me again, and she said, Sister, I came to thank Our Lady. Because you know how she made me suffer when I came the first time? Remember, I could remember the story very well. She said, now, you know, when I went back home, I reorganized all my life according to that um, new life in, in fidelity with God. And Our Lady led me to things that I would have never imagined before. I got a new job. I got a new 
a way to, to serve the church. And, and I'm so happy, and now the Lord is using me. I'm an instrument in his hand. I've got so much peace and joy. And stupid of me when I was in sin, I didn't imagine how life could be beautiful with God, you know. And she came to thank God and her life. I mean, the Lord get, got her as a great instrument now for his glory, you know. So it's very beautiful. I remember also uh, Our Lady saying that where sin is, there is no true peace. You cannot have peace if there is sin. So we are all invited to really um, go to confession every month at least. The prayer group would go every week. The members would go every week. If you have a solid Christian life, you and and Our Lady in Medjugorje, when she asked a monthly confession. She provides for priests because in Medjugorje, many priestly vocations blossomed. So she gives something to do, but also she gives the tools. So we should pray also that we have more priests. But you know, many seminaries have not closed down thanks to the vocation coming from Medjugorje. So praise God. Um, Arlene is um, sent the um, member of the prayer group, and this Kathleen in particular. You know, she went to America. She went to several cities in, in the state that was like 15 years, 15 years ago, maybe. And she was meant to spread the messages of Our Lady, especially those of the prayer groups. And uh, she was invited on the stage in that church. And she had actually two talks on the same night. So one in the late evening and one was the beginning of the night, whatever. So the first church, she went to the stage and she said, Jesus, we will, I, I expect from you to tell me what message I should share with the crowd today. She was blank. She was, her spirit was blank. She couldn't imagine one message. And then, and then silence. And she was on the microphone, which is not a joke, you know. And said, Jesus, don't let me down. Now tell me something. And the silence. Five minutes of solid silence. And you're for Americans. It's kind of, you know. <laughs> and people started to, what's wrong with her? What, what, what's the matter now? And then she heard herself say, I cannot give you the message. There is too many sins here. People were kind of. You are not ready to receive the message of the Blessed Mother. And then she said, is there any priest in this crowd? And then silence. And then she said, if there is any priest, please come on the stage. And then a man came up. And then another man came up. And then she found that, like there were about 10 priests. It was a huge crowd of like two, 3,000 people, you know, it was about 10 priests. And then she said, now all those who need confession, please go to confession. And she got a little lecture about confession and she left to the other talk in the other church. I don't know how was it in the other church. But the next morning, she went to mass to that church and the priest said to her, you cannot imagine how it was when you left. Every single body went to confession 
and the priest heard confession the whole night. And everybody could feel the peace coming back. That was a good, um, how do you say in English? Un bon compte filet. Is there anybody speaking French here? A tremendous, uh, you know, when you're with your net, you, you, you take many fish. A good, a good take. A good catch, that is. A good catch. Um, before I, before I, sp I spoke about living into and under the blessing of God. We can't live under the blessing of God if you consciously and willingly carry sins. We cannot be consecrated to Our Lady if we willingly remain in sin. And if there is a sin that kind of sticks to you, now go, go to confession at each time you fall. You know, I love that story of Padre Pio when I heard that holy Padre Pio would go to confession every day and would confess the same sin. Isn't it great? <coughs> I was so happy to hear that, so encouraging. Now, some people would say, you know, I don't go to confession anymore because I always commit the same sin. So why? what is the point? The point that God doesn't expect you to tell him a variety of sins. <laughs> he doesn't want a mixed salad. He doesn't need that. He wants us to repent from the sin we committed, whatever it is. might be the same one, you know. We have all tendencies and weaknesses, and it's the same one, you know. When your body is sick, it's always on your weak organs, you know. It's normal, you know. So go, go with that.